0: From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. Hello and welcome to Highway 89. I'm Mark Waite and today we're joined by concert pianist Antonio DeBramo and the brother and sister operatic duo... Clara Hurtado Lee and Isaac Hurtado. Today we're going to be hearing a variety of music, including piano solos from Antonio, solo pieces from both Clara and Isaac, as well as some duets. We're going to start off with Antonio playing Rachmaninoff, the Etude Tableau, Opus 39, Number no. 4, and the Etude Number no. 30 by Pozzoli. You're listening to Highway 89. We just heard a couple of pieces played by Antonio de Bramo, uh, Rachmaninoff Etude Tableau, Opus 39, Number 4, and then Pozzoli's Etude Number 30 here on Classical 89. We're going to speak with Antonio de Bramo now. He's uh, got his translator Ludo here. Uh, Antonio has won several international piano competitions. He performs regularly as a soloist and in ensembles, currently serving as the principal piano teacher at the Ministry of Education in Italy. Antonio, tell us about your hometown. I think all of us would like to visualize a quaint Italian town. Are you from a big city or a little town?
1: Vieni da una città piccolina o vieni da una metropoli? Dove sei cresciuto, raccontaci.
2: Allora, io sono cresciuto in una piccola cittadina di quasi 8.000 abitanti, che si chiama Leporano. E I am from a
1: small town, 8,000 inhabitants only.
2: E in provincia di Taranto, nel sud dell'Italia.
1: In south Italy, it's actually uh, Taranto's... Yeah, yeah, province.
0: Help us visualize that. What does it look like? Is it quaint? Do I want to be there on vacation right now?
1: Dici se vuoi che noi la visitiamo è bella come lo scenario.
2: Ma sì, eh, il massimo di questo piccolo paese è espresso eh, dal periodo estivo, quindi c'è il mare, eh, c'è bel buon cibo, eh, gente ospitale, sicuramente da visitare.
1: What I'm gathering is that you definitely want to visit it, especially during the summer. There is the beach. Uh, people are very welcoming, and so yeah, summer is the time to be.
0: Okay, is it overrun by tourists or is it still unspoiled?
1: Pieno di turisti oppure?
2: No, ancora è abbastanza selvaggia la situazione, ma purtroppo, tra virgolette, si sta espandendo un turismo sempre più crescente.
1: It's very raw as of right now. Uh, very beautiful, like he said, but uh, yeah, in a way, um, he's kind of sad to announce that it is expanding and the world is getting around and a lot of more tourists are coming in, but he
2: c'è likes un, it. C'è un piccolo scoglio, uh, una, una piccola scogliera, un piccolo posto segreto che conosciamo solo I, noi nativi e ogni estate vado lì a rifugiarmi e a pensare, notare
1: He's saying that there is a, um, a little corner in this city where he goes um, to gather inspiration during the summer. And only people from there, only local people know about this place.
0: Tell us where it is. No, I'm kidding. Don't tell us. We don't want to know.
1: <laughs> Keep it a secret.
0: <laughs> so tell us um, about some of your career highlights. You've been in a lot of competitions. What's your proudest moment?
1: Qual è il tuo, diciamo, obiettivo che hai raggiunto che è il il più grande? Eh, Raccontaci un po' di cose che hai fatto nella tua vita a livello musicale.
2: L'obiettivo più grande che sto raggiungendo è mantenere il piacere di studiare e suonare. Studiare è più difficile ma è più semplice che suonare. Soprattutto quando poi eh, il pubblico è nuovo, o magari, come in questo caso, non c'è, ma ci sarà.
1: The biggest achievement that I've um, experienced in my musical life that I'm still trying to obtain, he says, is uh, to keep the passion alive of studying. Uh, that should never die. And um, Antonio is saying that sometimes studying is easier than performing, especially in front of a newest crowd. Uh, But that he loves the energy that that gives to him, and he would never want to stop.
2: Un altro aspetto importante è l'aspetto didattico, dove con i ragazzi um, molto piccoli, i bambini, devo riuscire a Dare, uh, l'esempio, divertendomi, e nello stesso tempo insegnare la disciplina che richiede. Molto sacrificio.
1: Another aspect he's mentioning about this is when he's teaching little kids, um, it's very fun and interesting to him to combine the passion and the fun of it with also the discipline and the professionalism and the sacrifices that goes behind it all to make this happen
2: sull'esecuzione la cosa che temo di più è riascoltarmi perché non mi piace mai riascoltarmi si può suonare meglio di così
1: and he's always trying to improve he hates listening to himself
0: well we'll give you a recording of today
1: ti daremo una registrazione that'll
0: be fun for you so uh, one more question becoming a pianist you work with vocalists you're a pianist you work with vocalists how, how is it different becoming a pianist versus being a vocalist obviously one has uses hands predominantly mm-hmm. the other the voice but give me some more background on that
1: Come sicuramente hai l'addestramento okay. per per la voce ma com'è stato com'è differente uh, l'esperienza da un'esperienza vocale a quella musicale quella tua da pianista
2: Ma eh, sì, premetto che non sono un cantante, però eh, sì, conosco l'argomento. La differenza è che il pianoforte è in un posto e non lo puoi cambiare, quel posto. Tu devi incontrare il pianoforte, mentre il cantante porta dietro il suo strumento e per il resto non c'è tanta differenza perché tolti tutti i luoghi comuni sui cantanti o i pianisti c'è tanto sacrificio e tanto lavoro dietro, tanto ascolto di chi è più grande di te, di chi è più bravo di te.
1: Very much like his answer. Antonio is saying that uh, a pianist has to meet his instrument or her instrument. A a piano is almost like this instrument that has to be sought after. And you meet it at this specific location and you make magic happen. A vocalist, for example, um, embodies their instruments and they carry it wherever they go. And a part of that there isn't much difference because the discipline and the sacrifices and the work that go behind managing and just making that instrument flourish is the same.
2: Aggiungerei anche una problematica per i pianisti della uh, sindrome dell'abbandono. Quando non si riesce a trovare un pianoforte per studiare, anche se eh, ci si deve accontentare di quello che si trova, ma c'è proprio questo bisogno uh, intimo di ricercare memoria per le dita
1: another issue that pianists um, address sometimes is there's this syndrome the longing syndrome they sometimes go to places and they don't find their instrument they're searching for this piano to uh, keep you know the the training up and their fingers warmed up. And so it's very important uh, that practice is always there for a pianist.
0: So, um, all right, well, let's hear some vocal music, shall we? Let's uh, welcome Clara Hurtado Lee and her brother Isaac Hurtado. We're going to hear three arias in this block, accompanied by Antonio de Bravo. Uh, Donna Non vidi Mai from Manon Lescaut by Puccini. We've got the Cherry Duet from L'Amico Fritz by Mascagni, and then Juliet's Waltz from Romeo and Juliet by Gounod. This is Highway 89.
3: It was a
0: You're enjoying a Highway 89 performance made by uh, Isaac Hurtado and Clara Hurtado-Lee accompanied by Antonio de Bramo. And uh, we just heard three arias. First, Isaac sang "Donna Non Vidi Mai from Lesco by Puccini. Then the duet between the both of them, the cherry duet of uh, Mascagni from L'Amico Fritz. And finally, Clara singing Juliet's Waltz from Romeo and Juliet by Gounod. Clara and Isaac siblings, as the, the Hurtado was the giveaway, I guess, right? Yep. Uh, Isaac serves as director of opera. Clara teaches voice at Utah Valley University. They both have advanced degrees in music and been performing together more consistently in recent years. Have, did your parents raise you to be opera singers? How you, were you born to this, or did you discover <laughs> it independent of and- your nurture
4: i don't think they planned for it um but our dad was an amateur operatic tenor and uh sang in the then the mormon tabernacle choir for 20 years and so we definitely heard opera in our home all the time but um it wasn't until almost college that both of us kind of found our way back to it and
0: decided to give it a whirl so this isn't something you practiced as children? How much singing was going on in the house from the <laughs> no, children? No, we
5: did sing a lot. We sang all the time. Um and I think you know The
4: Rainbow Connection and yeah. primary
5: you know. <laughs> primary songs. <laughs> Not um, a lot of opera. And, and actually um another brother of ours, Tom, and I sang in uh, an opera chorus um that was going at that time when we were fairly young, when I was about six. So we kind of did stuff, but mostly choral things. Yeah. And then I actually studied with um, Eric Glissmeyer's wife as my first teacher when I was 16. Martha. Yeah, just an interesting connection there.
0: So children don't have a natural affinity for opera because it's just, it's too complex, it's too long, it's going over their heads. But having been exposed to recordings as children, if your dad was an aficionado, that's what made it possible? Because if you hadn't been raised in that kind of a household, would you be where you are today?
5: I don't think so, I think part of it's genetic too, part of it is our structure of our of our anatomy maybe is more conducive to it. I don't know
4: we made I used to make fun of opera all growing up, and then um at some point, I was reintroduced to it when I was late high school. And I recognized all the tunes, and it was a it was a really warm feeling. And I th- I th- I got a a great reaction of hearing that kind of a sound, even though. And you're right, it's totally not accessible because it's not what we hear on the radio. It's not um, it's not in a language usually that we understand, and it's in a musical idiom that is often hundreds of years old. So there's a lot to overcome, to uh, to get into it, but. Yeah. For, for me, I yeah. loved the actual, just the, the sound. It was almost mm-hmm. like a, an animalistic primal <laughs> sound that I, yeah. that I thought was really cool.
5: Yeah. I've always especially loved the tenor voice because of our dad. Um, and I remember being in the car with all the windows rolled up and having him sing high C's. And you can just feel it, you know, vibrating through your, your bones. Yeah. It's very cool. But yeah, it wasn't cool socially. <laughs> it was like closet, closet opera lovers.
0: <laughs> so where was the tipping point for you, Claire, where you said where you went from no to yes?
5: You know, I think it was when I was in high school and I was doing a lot of straight theater and musical theater and I wanted to get roles, but my voice wasn't well suited to it. And then I would just go pop off high notes and everyone would React like, wow, that's really cool that you can do that. And so I don't know. I think that kind of encouraged me towards exploring that repertoire. And then, you know, my teacher, my first teacher also helped with that.
0: Yeah. Um so being so if you are performing together, there's gotta be advantages to that. I'm sure that having been kids together, you've gotta have some kind of same wavelength thing going on. There's also gotta be some disadvantages any disadvantages <laughs> to being siblings the worst is that yes. th- our
4: repertoire puts us as romantic opposites <laughs> for everything that we do Like that cherry duet we just sang and and the one coming up and so uh, maybe you
0: should be a bass be the bass, <laughs> yeah, Be the heavy yeah
4: or she should be a mezzo but yeah. but that's so we when we're know. on stage you we just mostly we do recitals and concerts and we just you know we can't take the acting very far, but we've we've actually been offered opposite roles in the same opera and, and refused them because it's too weird, so. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, we had we had a little moment recently when we were singing um, O Suave Fanchula from La Boheme, and that's, you know, this couple is expressing their love. They've just fallen in, in kiss? love. Yeah, I mean, well, they walk off stage together and you don't know what happens next, but yeah, we just kind of looked at each other. And we both started laughing, but we had to keep going, so it was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, awesome moments.
0: So you were spared that sibling revelry. I was <laughs> with. Um, so you were involved in the Rossini hundred fiftieth anniversary. Tell us yes. about that.
6: Yeah. So
4: actually, Antonio um, invited us to come to Italy and and participate in. Uh, two recitals that allowed us to celebrate with um, a society of Rossini dedicated to Rossini um, Um, that anniversary and so in his hometown in his hometown where is that Pesaro Pesaro Mm -hmm.
5: yes and And that's uh, also the home still to the Rossini conservatory and um, the Rossini opera festival which is huge
4: all. it was the summer home home of Luciano Pavarotti and and so there's a big opera connection there so for us it was a huge honor to go and to spend time with those people and perform you know for that occasion
6: yeah it was All right.
0: great well yeah. let's uh don't want to wear out your voices till we hear we've got five more arias <laughs> so let's uh go back to the microphones and and hear uh elixir of love cara elizir from the elixir of love by donut that's going to be a duet with clara and isaac then we've got Quando Menvo from uh, La Boheme by Puccini. Claire is going to be singing that. Federico's Lament from uh, L'Arlesiana by Chilea. And then uh, we've got two more piano-only pieces, Chopin's Etude Opus 25, number 25, and Sibelius Etude Opus 76, No. 2, performed by Antonio de Bramo, here on Highway 89.
3: Caro elizir, Sei mio, sì, tutto mio, come esser possente la tua virtù. Se non bevuto ancora di tanta gioia, già mi colmi il pe. Mm-hmm. Ma perché mai l'effetto non ne possia vedere Prima che un giorno interno non sia trascorso Bevasi Oh buono, oh caro, un altro sorso Qual divena in vena dolce calor mi scorre, a forse anch'essa, forse la fiamma stessa incomincia a sentire. Certo la sente, me l'annunzia la gioia e l'appetito che in me si risvegliò tutto in un tratto. La 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 la
7: uh. Chi mai quel matto travegò? Ah, il nemorrino così allegro! E perché?
3: La la la! Diamine, ed essa! Ma no, non ci apprezziam! Dei miei sospiri non si stanchi per Tant'è domani adorarmi dovrò quel cor spietato.
7: Non mi guarda neppur.
3: La 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 la
7: la far l'indifferente
3: finora mor non sente voler far l'indifferente finora mor non sente E solti por la barbara per poco alle mie penie. Domani avranno termine. termine. Doma la pazza. Mm-hmm. 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 Ave, <laughs> La solita storia del pastore Così, nel sonno al ameno bultrova la pace suo eto
0: And you've been listening to Highway 89. We've been enjoying performance by Antonio de Bramo. We've just heard the Sibelius Etude, Opus 76, No. 2, preceded by the Chopin Etude, Opus 25, No. 25. Before that, three uh, opera performances by brother and sister Clara Hurtado Lee and Isaac Hurtado. We heard a duet between them in Caro Elizir from the Elixir of Love by Donizetti, then Clara performed Quando Men Vo from La Boheme by Puccini. And finally, Isaac performed Federico's Lament from the uh, Larlesiana by Chile. Here on Highway 89... Very glad to have had Antonio de Bramo, opera singers Clara Hurtado Lee and Isaac Hurtado. It's been a pleasure to have them on the show today. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. I'm Mark Waite, producer and engineer with assistant producer Ellen Nolte. Thanks for listening.